Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 88, Sunday, February 13th, 2011. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, and welcome to all of you triathletes out there. I was looking through all my stats the other day, and I see there's a lot of new listeners out there. Maybe it's because it's uh, just coming off the Christmas season, and everyone's got their new iPods and learning about podcasts. So welcome if it's the first time you've listened to my show. And uh, I'm going to give you a little training update, and today I am going to talk about... Uh, basic bike gear for a triathlon. I've talked about it in the past on a couple other shows, but uh, I had an email and a chat with uh, Kevin, who's a listener, and he was asking me, he's just got himself an, a new road bike, and uh, now he's trying to decide what gear is essential, what uh, is nice to have, and so that's sort of what I'm going to talk about today. A couple of little housekeeping things as well. First of all, uh, you may or may not notice that my feed was a little messed up over the last uh, week and a half. There was some problems, especially if you're a new listener. Um, it seems like nothing was downloading except for maybe about five episodes. The last four or five, and I think one and two and four, and that was about it. And it turned out there was some kind of issue with uh, Mevio and the way they they changed the way that they've linked to the MP3s. And I couldn't find any way around it other than to go in manually and change the link to every single MP3 for all 87 episodes. So one day I sat there and it took me about, I'm going to say, four or five hours <laughs> just sitting there. Plug, save, plug, save, plug, save. Now the problem is every time I did that, uh, when it, it re I pinged it, as we say in podcasting language, I which means I, I had it sent off to iTunes, and iTunes sees it all as a um, uploaded on the same date. And so I took the opportunity to do a couple of things. Uh, one, I actually put a link in every single episode's show notes that goes directly to the uh, MP3. So for some people who don't want to go into iTunes or Zune or any of those other um, podcatch, podcatchers, you can actually just download the MP3 now. Uh, for any specific episode. And of course, there's also the player on the show notes page. And then because every single show is going to now have, I think it's at February 11th as the uh, as the date of the show, um, I actually put, I changed the title of every single one. And I put the date that the show actually came out in the title. And in some cases, I updated the title topic uh, just so that it was a little more descriptive. And it was a chance to kind of fix things up a little bit. So if you're a new listener, you might find it a little simpler. If there's ever been some times you were unable to download an old show, um, you should be able to now. So uh, give it a try. And if you're having any troubles, please email me at colonagirl at gmail.com so that I can uh, fix up any other issues, okay? It's K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L. All right, uh, that was the first thing. Second of all, I'm really, really excited to let you know that uh, finally got Run Chat, nope, Run Try Chat, can't even say it, Run Try Chat podcast up and running. So if you go to iTunes um, and type in Run Try Chat, 
you will find the new show. It is the first episode is up, and yeah, okay. If you listen to my show, then it's just a repeat because uh, I'm starting off with a repeat. Uh, how good is that? That's bad news, isn't it? Uh, it's the show that uh, Run Digger um, and uh, Quadrathon and uh, Dirt Dog and I are recorded in December, and so I'm going to use that as the very first show. I put that on. Uh, found some great music, I think, from Great Big C, which is on the podcast uh, at Me- podcast alley or at Mevio, actually. So it's um, Podsafe music, which is kind of nice, and I kind of like the lyrics, and uh, I like Great Big C, and it's nice to use the Canadian uh, sh- music when I can too. And uh, yeah, and I got my daughter, who is really an artist. Um, she created the avatar the logo uh the the album art as it's called so uh it's all up and ready to go we have a couple of shows getting we're just teeing up uh, some time to get organized um Aaron 337 and Megan from or vegan running mom uh and I are going to get together and talk uh we're going to Skype probably in the next week or so and that show should be up. Um, we've got another one, uh, likely t- with Squadrathon, and I'm not sure who else. Squadrathon is interested in talking about the whole minimalist running and has it gone too far. Uh, and uh, we also may have a chat soon with, I'm hoping to get Jason from Mainly Triathlon and Jake from Run Like Health. Uh, just sit down and have a chat with those guys about the differences between training um, for sprint triathlons and longer races like um half iron and and olympic distance races so uh, a couple of different shows coming up and you know in fact we were even talking with gordon i'm I'm not sure how i haven't confirmed this one yet but uh gordon from uh, this running life and uh, a couple other people are interested in maybe talking about the whole concept of speed and racing and uh yeah just that whole topic so Lots of great ideas for shows coming up. So if you haven't uh, checked it out yet, you can go to Run Try Chat on iTunes. You can go to runtrychat.blogspot.com to find the links to all the various places. I made a Facebook page for it already. And uh, I also made a Twitter account, Run Try Chat. Uh, I'm not going to do too much from that account, but I will put out uh, when new shows are coming up or if we're looking for feedback. So if you've got any ideas for shows and or podcasters you'd like to listen to, uh, talk about topics you're interested in, uh, go to the Facebook page or email me at runtrychat at gmail.com. So that's my plug of the day for uh, the new show and I'm really excited about it. And what else? What else? What else? Eric is just getting really organized for his race right now. He has got a bike box that we borrowed from our friend Carmel. And uh, he's just starting to make up his packing list. He's been training like a demon and he's really, really fit right now. I think he's going to just do a super job of his duathlon. He's leaving Wednesday morning. Good Lord, I got to get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning or something like that. Drive him down to the airport and then I got to go to work so that'll be fun but he's going to have 10 days down in Phoenix his race is next Sunday I think it's the 20th at 8 a.m. 8 30 a.m. something like that and uh, hopefully he's going to uh, call give me a call right after the race and I will tweet and uh, post a little bit about his results and he'll probably post it on daily mile as soon as he gets back to a computer so that's um pretty exciting for him and i'm i'm really looking forward to it i I sure wish i could be down there to watch just the race part but it cannot be 
So me, what have I been doing? Well, last weekend we were in Salmon Arm uh, for our little our winter getaway and uh, had a wonderful time, as we always do. Uh, we stayed at the Prestige Inn this time. It was nice. Uh, and we... Saturday, we went out uh, skate skiing, and it's the first time I've been out for about three weeks. And Eric has been skate skiing a few times, and he's, you know, as I know, as I've said, he's quite quite good compared to me. So I said, why don't you just go out and do some trails and come back and forth, and I'm just going to play around here and practice. And I felt really good. Uh, I didn't have any groin pain, any groin issues. took me a while to get get comfortable, but I, I just felt... Um, being being alone, I was able to just go at my own pace and uh, practice, practice, practice. So I was really quite happy. And we did about, I don't know, we were up there for about an hour and a half or something, plus uh, some stopping time. I actually ended up doing one little trail. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> but I'm, as long as I have fun, that's all that matters. And it was a good workout. Uh, Sunday morning, we got up. Uh, early end there was a big snow bl- um, snowfall warning and we're about 90 minutes from home so we had planned to do a run in that morning and kind of lays around have a late late um, uh, dismissal I want to say I mean, that's school language leave late but uh, it turned out because of the snowfall warning we decided we'd, we'd head home early and we did got to uh, back into Kelowna probably just not long after noon maybe one o'clock and by then it was starting to snow and there was probably an inch of snow on the ground. So I thought, well, dang, I got it was a rest week for me and I, I'd had a couple of runs and I think one trainer ride, but I was pretty low key because we were away as well. And uh, my skate skiing was in lieu of my trainer ride on Saturday. So uh, I was only supposed to run an hour and 15 minutes and it was just absolutely dumping down snow, but quite lovely out um just a just a couple degrees below freezing and uh and the there was probably about four inches of snow and so i actually was able to drive downtown i ran down on the uh, sidewalks which i normally avoid sidewalks but because it was you know you know snow on it it was nice underfoot it wasn't even slippery um the only time it was a little dicey is crossing the intersections because it was quite uh deep slushy snow on the roads Anyways, I ran for an hour and 15 minutes and felt pretty good. And my pace was slow predictably, but uh, I felt really epic coming back. I had so much snow on my cap. Uh, I knocked the snow off two or three times, but it was just piling up. And then when I finished, I actually took a picture of it because there must have been like an inch and a half of snow on the brim of my hat, which is pretty funny. And that's after I cleaned it off a few times. So that was great. Uh, This week, you know, because... I had uh, another messed up week, even though I'm supposed to be into base base two now this week. It was really going to get a messed up week. Uh, turned out Monday, I wasn't feeling well. Uh, Sunday night, that evening, I think something I'd eaten that morning um, before I left Salmon Arm did not agree with me. I felt really um, sick to my stomach that evening. And Monday, I ended up staying home from work. And I felt kind of um, just iffy. But Monday was a rest day anyway, so it turned out to be okay. Tuesday, uh, normally I would run Tuesday and Thursday, but Thursday was the day that I was scheduled to get my wisdom teeth out. So I was really undecided about what to do, and I I decided to push my run to Wednesday instead so it would be closer to the weekend and then hopefully be able to run today, which is Sunday. Well, it turned out, uh, as I talked to people and I went to see my my dentist, they said, you know, you're really not going to be able to do your long run on Sunday. It's not recommended at all, and I'm supposed to do an hour 45. So I decided, what the hell, I'm going to do it on Wednesday night. 
And it was such a hectic day. By the time I even got down to where I wanted to run, it was uh, it was pretty late. It was like 7.30, I think, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. And it was uh, kind of chilly, about minus 4, minus 5 Celsius. But I decided, well, what the heck. Even though I'd done my run, long run on Sunday, it was just, it was, I'd had two days off. So I figured, meh, I'll see how far I can go. So I ended up doing a whole hour and 45 minutes, which is the longest run I've done for a long time. I didn't go very fast. Um, it wasn't, the roads weren't too bad, but um, it was, there was some ice and it did kind of slow me down a bit. I felt actually really good for the first hour and a half. And then that last 15 minutes, um, I was just starting to ache and plod and felt kind of crappy. But I pushed through and finished up the run. And I did think I did 15K. And that's my longest run in uh, quite a while, I would say, since uh, last October. So I'm feeling really good. And what's what I'm really excited about is that I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting afterwards. I'm not hurting before, during, or after the runs. My shins are fine. Knock on wood. Everyone knock on wood. Uh, I My ankle is fine. My patella... No, no. My posterior tibial tendon, PTT, um, is not sore at all. The bottom of my foot isn't sore. Nothing. Like, it's just awesome. I've been going to ART once a week, still trying to keep up with that. So I don't know. I think everything's sort of kind of aligning. And right now I'm at the point where I think I could go do that half marathon right now. And really my goal for the half marathon, which is on March 27th, about one month and a bit away, one and a half months away. uh, My goal is just to do that race. Um, I, I may or may not be able to beat my time uh, from Victoria, but I'm really not worried about my time. My goal is to do a nice steady race without an IT band problem and feel like I can walk afterwards and the next day. Because seriously, after Victoria, which I did in 224, and I, I could hardly walk. Well, I just did this 15K the other day and felt absolutely fine after. I wasn't, my legs aren't sore in the slightest. So I will be super happy if I even do two and a half hours. But I actually think I could probably do... I probably could push it up to even 220, 215 and not, uh, and not hurt after. So we'll, I'll just kind of see how the next few long runs go. I mean, to be honest, I know I could actually run it faster. I'm sure I can run it faster, but my goal is to not hurt after. And I don't want to do anything to jeopardize uh, the half iron in June. So that's uh, it. My training in a nutshell. Uh, I did that long run Wednesday night. Thursday, got my wisdom teeth out, came home. I was like so blasted on the Cirax they gave me. Um, I didn't have any uh, general anesthetic. I wanted, and uh, it was a pretty simple pull. I only had two to take out on an upper and lower on the same side. The other side have no wisdom teeth. So now I'm even dumber than before. Uh, and I, they gave me this anti-anxiety drug and it's called Cirax. And, uh, I was awake the whole time and I was very, pretty relaxed and calm and I remember everything. And yet I kind of don't remember everything. It's all this big blur. And I was reading up on the drug and it says it has this amnesia effect. <laughs> so I guess I was pretty out of it. And, uh, I don't really remember coming home. Eric, had to steer me out to the car. Um, I came back and I just went straight to bed, dropped my clothes, crawled into bed, and that was it. I slept for about four or five hours just in a stupor. And he came in every 15 minutes, put an ice pack on my face, on my cheek, and then every 15 minutes he'd take it off, and then every 15 minutes he'd come back. So what a guy. He is so awesome. He took good care of me. 
And then uh, later that afternoon, I felt I woke up, I got up, and I was a little groggy. It took me till the evening before I felt okay. But the good news is my mouth is not hurting at all. Like this, this place where the teeth came out is... I've had a f- couple ibuprofen, and that's about it. Mostly because I had a bit of a headache from lying around all the time. So I was kind of cautious. Uh, that was Thursday, Friday. Felt uh, pretty good. Um, not just not really bleeding much, and uh, seemed like it was okay. And then Saturday, the antibiotics that I'm taking finally kicked in, and uh, I am just I don't get along with antibiotics at all. I I almost never take them, and I I can't remember the last time I took antibiotics, but I don't think there's a single type that doesn't make me feel sick. And so I've been really suffering Saturday and Sunday all day today with uh, nauseousness. I mean, I'm just like green around the gills and uh, for about three hours after I take the pills. So I've been trying to eat, get up, eat a little bit, and then take the antibiotics, feel sick for a while. And uh, then by, when it wears off, eat a little bit and then take the antibiotics because otherwise I wouldn't get any food in me at all. It's kind of what happened on uh, Friday afternoon. I was getting really dizzy because I hadn't had any food because of the nauseousness. So anyways... I don't really know what's going to happen now. I've just found this as it's Sunday afternoon right now. And my jaw has in the last couple hours has really started to ache. It's the first time I've had any pain at all. And I'm looking at that spot and I kind of think it might be getting infected. Uh, the dentist told me that it's sort of a 50-50 crapshoot whether you get an infection or not. Um, there's not a lot you can do about it. And I, I guess I've been taking the antibiotics and I've been rinsing with the salt water and I'm trying hard not to let any food get in there or sit. But just because of the way the, you know, the, the little cup sits there, like that socket is sitting there open and, and uh, any kind of bacteria that can get in there is just going to cause trouble. So anyways, I don't know if it gets to be any hurting anymore. I may or may not go to work tomorrow. Good news is I have a student teacher who is teaching full-time. I don't have to plan for a substitute teacher or anything. Um, I do have to call us up, but they just go in and do whatever they want for the day. So it's really, really easy if I need to take another day off. We'll just see how my face is feeling tomorrow. So that's a lot of yammering on, 18 minutes of uh, update. And I really didn't want to talk that long, but you know me. So let me just um, jump over to the email that I sent to Kevin. Uh, Kevin sent us uh, a report on his first duathlon uh, earlier. And so now he's getting ready for his first triathlon. And he has got a road bike. He's got pedals um, for his bike. So uh, now he needs shoes. He's got a helmet. And he's got bike shorts, and he got himself a bike computer. I didn't hear what kind of computer he got, but I'm going to guess it's something like a cat eye or one of those, your basic uh, bike computers. They're really handy to have. You don't have to have one if you are just a beginning triathlete, but, you know, they're not that expensive. You can pick up uh, in Canada, which means it's cheaper in the States, you can pick up a cat eye, a basic cat eye, um, and that's just the brand, by the way, uh, bike computer for about 20, 25 bucks. And then they go up from there, depending if you want cadence or any of those other things. But it'll give you, um, you can get a wired one or wireless, and you can, it'll give you your speed and your distance traveled and stuff. So if you don't want to go forking out hundreds of dollars for a Garmin, um, you know, twenty, thirty dollar cat eye is a great way to get started, and so that's one of the things that Kevin has done. So um, the next t- decision he has to make is shoes. So before you, when you start getting 
your when you get your first bike, you know, if you're ready to go clipless pedals, and that means, uh, of course, that your shoes are actually clipped in, even though it says clipless, um, you, you're you going to have to decide what type of shoes, because there's sort of two or three, well, actually three different t- styles of shoes that you can get. Uh, but you may decide if it's your first race, you're just going to borrow a bike or you may decide that uh, you're just going to have platform pedals for now. You don't want to deal with having to learn how to ride with clipless pedals. And hey, that's fine. You know, when you're doing your first race, um, generally it's a sprint and anything goes. I mean, really anything goes. There is no right or wrong. Uh, lots and lots of beginners are at sprint races as well as really hardcore um, triathletes. So you're going to see the whole range and you don't really have to worry too much about um, feeling insecure um, or having the wrong thing. You know, it's not the same as if you're, a, I don't know, at an Ironman. And even then you probably see people with platform pedals in an Ironman too. Who knows? So a uh, good idea to decide what kind of pedals you want. Uh, platform. And then the next style up is, you don't see them very often, but they're called cages. And they look like little cages that you slide your foot into. So it gives you that um, ability to pedal up, uh, like to lift the pedal as well as push down. And it's kind of the step between going from a regular platform pedal with your running shoes to um, a clipless pedal with uh, proper bike shoes. Um, I think they're... To my, in some ways, they're just as hard to get your foot out, and you're just as likely to fall with uh, cages as you are with clipless pedals, I think, because you forget that you've got to pull your foot back before you take it out uh, when you first get them. So, But, you know, sometimes that's just a good choice uh, to start with. So Kevin has decided, though, he is getting, I believe, uh, he's going to have clipless pedals. And there's three different styles that I'm going to talk about, uh, and those are road shoes, mountain bike shoes, and triathlon-specific shoes. So you've got to decide which type you want, and part of that is a little bit depends on what kind of cycling you decide you're going to be doing. Um, If you're going to bike a lot besides triathlon, or if you're only going to be riding a bike for triathlon, and how serious a triathlete you want to be. So... Uh, for me, because I bike a lot, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, I know, um, I, re- I love my mountain bike shoes. And there's the advantage of mountain bike shoes is that you can walk in them quite easily. I like that because in a triathlon, when I'm going in and out of transition, the road bike shoes are pretty slippery. And uh, so, you know, you have to be able to run with your bike while you're wearing these shoes and when I go regular just cycling around sometimes I like to be able to stop and I like to be able to walk around it just hasn't been that big an issue you're going to have a lot well I won't say a lot you're going to have more power uh, in your pedal stroke if you go with road shoes however or triathlon shoes and uh, so you know there's certainly lots of people that will swear by saying oh no you've got to have road shoes but uh, to me I don't know I mean how much more how much time is are those shoes really going to take off my bike time? You know, I think that I if I work really hard on the bike, I'm already a strong cyclist. So I don't think I... What am I going to gain? I, I might gain a, a minute. Do you think I'd gain a minute? I don't even think I'd gain very much by t- switching out the shoes. Maybe, maybe not. But not enough to make it worthwhile for me. That's my choice. So you've got to, to kind of think about how you want to be... What kind of cyclist do you want to be, you know? And if you're going to just race and you know you you might as well just go with the road shoes or try specific um now the difference between tri shoes and road shoes 
is, in my mind, I think it's mainly the fact that um, the straps are a little different. Road shoes, you know, you're, you're not in a rush to get them on and off. Um, so it doesn't matter. They may have three straps. And triathlon shoes will generally have a single strap, and they'll also be a little bit more likely for you to be able to wear them without socks, so the inside is a little bit different quite often. Um, uh, sometimes they're they're set up so that the water can drain out of them if you've got wet feet from but you know I don't know none of this is really a huge deal to me that's just to me though and we're and I'm I'm talking to beginning triathletes you know if you've been doing triathlons for a few years you know you're going to have more opinions and you're going to be more concerned about um, what you know having things that are a little more specific but if you're just starting out you know I don't know I think that uh, any one of those shoes is, is going to be fine it's not going to be a huge difference it's not um, it's not a make or break it kind of thing. All right. So shoes, bike shorts. Um, Kevin already had some bike shorts, but uh, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Whether you get bike shorts or tri shorts, either way, we're talking Lycra here. And, uh, I know some people, it's just a big jump to go into Lycra. Uh, or if, you know, if you're, trying to lose weight um, you can feel kind of conspicuous wearing really tight lycra I know um, even for me I'm I mean I'm not overweight but uh, just because of my age and the fact that I'm female I have rolls um, you know and I find that I had to try a lot of shorts on before I could find some that I didn't feel conspicuous in because some of them just really accentuate uh, any little tiny bit of fat on you it's just so unfair isn't it however uh, riding in anything less than uh, Lycra is really, you know, after um, after a while, you're going to just want to bite the bu- bullet and go that way. So try a lot of different styles on. Bike shorts have more padding. Tri shorts have padding, but it's not quite as heavy. And I've gotten really used to run- riding in only my tri shorts now. And I rarely pull up my bike shorts anymore, even for long rides. So um, if you're going to d- mainly be riding for triathlons, you may as well just get tri shorts. And I tried a lot of different brands on before I found some that were comfortable. Um, I The two kinds that I have, one are Segoy and uh, the other are two times U. 2XU. Uh, so those are the ones I like the best. But, you know, everybody's different and you got to find something that's comfortable for you. When you first start, if you just can't bring yourself to do it, um, buy some tri shorts and then put a pair of uh, looser shorts over top of them until you get used to wearing them. But quite frankly, those looser shorts are going to flap and they're going to kind of get in the way and they can get hooked on your bike and on your seat and it's kind of annoying really so you'll eventually want to get rid of them and oh don't wear underwear under your bike shorts don't not even if you're a guy just force yourself to try it a couple of times you'll find that really everything holds together pretty nicely with uh, the lycra so uh, yeah all right uh, okay so bike Paddles, helmet, shorts, computer. Those are the things that Kevin already had, and I did talk to him a little bit about the shoes. So the rest of the stuff, things that you really should have, well, I mean, I'm going to talk really obvious, basic stuff here. First of all, you need a a water bottle and a cage. Uh, Any kind of cage, is the cage is just that little metal frame that you slide your water bottle into and out of. And um, depending on the size of your bike, most people can fit two water bottles on their bike, one that goes up and down right under the seat and one that goes on that uh, other bar that's kind of on an angle. 
I can't think of the technical term because I'm trying to. And when I try to think of things, I can't think of them. But uh, anyways, uh, I, because I'm little and my bike is small, I can't put a full-size um, bottle on the the bar that goes up and down under my seat post. So I only, I have two cages, but I only put one bottle unless I can find a little shorty bottle. So having a water bottle is important. You need that. And practice riding and pulling your bottle out and drinking from it and putting it back in. If it's a little tight to slide that bottle in, you can just heave on it, pull it out and loosen it a little bit uh, so it's comfortable. And um, But uh, it's a good idea to be able to um, practice that before you get out there. Uh, it's a good idea to get a, some way of carrying... Uh, some small items that you might want to carry with you. Uh, the two things that I have is I have a small underseat bag and it's mine has um, a zipper around the front, not only to open it, but it has a zipper that allows it to expand. If I want to stick more stuff in, I can unzip and it makes it bigger and just hangs down lower. But you don't need anything too, too big. Uh, in that underseat bag, I keep one or two extra tubes I have a little small tube repair kit. Even if I'm going to be fixing my own, uh, just changing a tube, I always have the repair kit because once in a while something happens and you just you have to fix the hole. So it's a good idea to have that. Uh, bike levers. Those are the two little plastic things. They cost a couple bucks, and you they help you pull your tire off the uh, rim, off the uh, metal part of your wheel. It's kind of handy to have a multi-tool, which is a specific little, looks like a jackknife and has lots of little doohickeys that's come out. But uh, to be honest, I, I have one, but I've never used it, but I'm sure, and I, I'm not even totally sure I would need it. I think the only thing I would probably ever really use it for is maybe to adjust my seat or something because it's got some Allen wrenches and stuff like that on there. But, um, you know, it is good to have that. And if you're doing lots of long rides, um, it's uh, probably good to have there. And, of course, it goes without saying you should learn how to change a tire before you go out. Another thing I personally think is indispensable is having a small pump that you attach right to your bike. Now, there's some people out there that are going to say, no, 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 just have CO2 cartridges and a little CO2 um, doohickey. But uh, I think that, first of all, sometimes you run out of CO2 cartridges. Sometimes you do it wrong and you lose them. Just anything can happen with CO2. And if you have a small pump, no matter what, you can fix your tire. So uh, all you really need to really is a pump and a repair kit. But uh, I always do carry one or two tubes with me as well. So a small pump, they're not too expensive either. You can get one for maybe $10, $15, $20, $30, depending on the style you want. It attaches right to your frame of your bike, and it's just always there. It's kind of out of the way and uh, very handy. And uh, I've certainly had to change enough tires in my life to be happy I had it, have it. Uh, you know, even people with the CO2, I, I went with CO2 for a while, and now I don't, especially for races. You know, unless you do it really, really regularly, it's it's so easy to screw it up, even if you know exactly what you're doing. I, I've seen people who are really, really good go through two or three CO2 cartridges and wreck it and, and not have a pump to back it up. So uh, that's, in my humble opinion, the three things that you really should have. A water bottle, underseat bag with some gear, and a pump. All right, other stuff that's nice to have. Uh, well, 
you've got your underseat bag with stuff that you kind of just carry with you all the time that you really never go into unless you need it. But I also love, love, love my bento box. A bento box is a little cloth box that um, sits on your... It attaches to the post and it sits right on the bar right in front of you. Um, they usually have a little Velcro lid that just opens up and it fits, you can fit a cell phone in there, um, you can fit some ID, you can fit some couple of gel packets, uh, Kleenex, whatever, um, just a, just small things that uh, you might want when you're going on a ride. And I also use it, it's handy when I'm racing too. Um, most people have thought that they don't really do much as far as your aerodynamics of your bike, it doesn't interfere too much, if at all. And there's even some evidence that maybe it helps with the aerodynamics of your bike to have a bento box on there. And it's just strapped on with three Velcro straps to the stem of your bike and to the top bar. So uh, really handy. It's called a bento box because I guess if you eat Japanese food, they have these little lunch boxes called bento boxes. And uh, I've never actually seen that in Japanese food, but uh, apparently that's where the name came from. If you go Google B-E-N-T-O box uh, and bikes, you'll find what they look like. Uh, a couple other things. If you're going to be doing some riding on a regular basis, it's nice to have uh, gloves. Um, depending on the temperature, in the spring I have full finger gloves, but 99% of the time I wear uh, fingerless bike gloves. They have uh, some leather padding in the palm and actually even some of them have a bit of gel in the palm that right around uh, where the thumb joint is. And it helps a little bit with you get a lot of pressure on your hands when you're biking a lot. And sometimes it can really press on that nerve and make your hands a little numb. So that will help a little bit. Takes a while to find just the right brand style and size that fits you because if they're a little bit big, they uh, slide around a bit and they're not, doesn't work too well. And if they're too tight, they bug you. So I've tried a lot of brands before I found ones that fit me just perfectly. They can run anywhere from like six bucks up to 60, 70 bucks. My very favorite ones, uh, geez, you know, I can't remember the brand, but uh, I know they're $55, but I love them. They have a, also a little uh, piece of fabric, uh, soft fabric, I can't think what it's called, that goes right across the thumb that you can wipe your nose on. So it's really handy for that. Uh, subsequently, you have to wash them once in a while. Um, I don't ever wear riding gloves when I'm racing, but I do for all the rest of my riding. And I hate having really sweaty hands. And so they just help soak up the sweat. And I wear them all summer long. So having riding gloves, nice touch. It's also handy to have bike jerseys. Um, if you're, you've always been running, you probably have lots of running shirts. Uh, but having a bike jersey is nice uh, because it's got a pocket in the back and it's really handy for carrying extra stuff. Sometimes you want to bring a vest or you have some arm warmers or something. Um, sometimes when you're riding, the temperature can change a lot and you just want to have some extra stuff. Uh, you just you can squeeze so much junk into that big back pocket on the back of your bike jersey. So. I, I love my bike jerseys so much that I run in bike jerseys as well. And uh, I'm not sure why anybody would want to have a running jersey because I like having this place to keep all my stuff. Uh, what else? So those are some things that, like I'm saying, these are things that are nice to have, but you don't have to have it, especially if it's your first race. Uh, what else? You can also get uh, clip-on aero bars for your bike. It's also not a necessity, but uh, it does give you another position to sit in. And if you can get kind of a little aerodynamic on your bike, it helps a little bit with your speed as well. 
Um, you know, doing lots of good bike training is is more important than having arrow bars, though. And uh, you'll probably want to know a little bit about where you're going to be riding uh, and what your race course is going to be like, whether you even really need arrow bars. Uh, I didn't have them for the first couple of times I raced, and mainly because the places I raced, there wasn't very many long, flat, straight kinds of uh, sections on the bike course. There's lots of winding, lots of uphill, lots of downhills, and um, just places where you just can't ride in an arrow position. So uh, if you if you got a course like that, you may not really worry too much about it. The biggest reason I ended up getting arrow bars, though, was because I wanted an arrow bottle. It's uh, I found that I drink a lot more if I have a bottle that sits inside my arrow bars. It has a straw that comes out and it fits. Um, I reach my mouth reaches it without having to grab my bottle, lift it up, and um, drink from it. And so I found I drink a lot more. An aero bottle is also really nice because it fits about twice the amount of liquid that a regular uh, water bottle would hold. hold. So it, it has an open top and then inside the top you put this thing, it's called a sponge, but it's really just a yellow, um, kind of like a pot scrubber type thing, a yellow plastic thing. And it fits in there and then, a, and then there's a black um, piece of foam that sits on top. And that keeps the water and liquid that's inside your arrow bottle from splashing out. But you can grab a, a full bottle from your from your bottle cage, turn it upside down, and squeeze it right into that thing without undoing any lids on your arrow bottle. So it's kind of like it's open, but it's not. It keeps the dirt out and the splashing out, but you can easily add more liquid to it if you stop along the way or if you're just riding along and you have um, other water bottles on your bike and you just want to refill it directly from your bike. So having an aero bottle is really handy. Uh, so aero bar, and now go back to aero bars too because I didn't really get a chance to talk about them enough. Um, if you do get clip-on aero bars, you're going to have to take some time to adjust them, find out what the right um, height of them is. You know, you can tilt them up or down or all sorts of ways and you've really got to figure out what works best for you to get you in a comfortable aerodynamic position you should practice riding with them a lot before you race because it does take a little bit of getting used to um, sometimes um, it's just even with your balance it takes you a while to get used to that position of having your elbows in and and uh, being down on your on your aero bars without um, having your hands on the brake levers all the time and you need to learn when you should be in your aero bars and when you shouldn't. And just also your back has to get used to being in that position as well. So you'll find that uh, takes a little bit of adjustment. But if you ride with them quite a bit, you can do that. Uh, another one I just got is I got some extra bottle cages for the back of my seat. Um, you, I haven't quite figured out how that's going to f- work with my under seat bag, but this is just a little bottle holder. It it's just a little plastic frame. I'm going to clip it onto the back of my seat, and then I can have two bottles sitting, uh, full bottles sitting on the back of my seat. The main reason I decided that is because on longer rides and longer races, I because I can only have one extra bottle. I've only got one bottle cage on my bike uh, and my aero bottle. That's basically just three bottles of liquid. And if I want to be completely self-sufficient, um, I would like to have four or five. So. I'm now going to be able to have those, and they're easy to grab just from behind me. I can just grab it, fill up my water, uh, my air bottle, and then put the bottle back, and then I'm good to go. 
And because I do all my supplements or my fueling is all liquid, I like to have everything organized ahead of time um, and have it all done. I don't have to stop uh, and use the uh, fueling that they have at any race because it doesn't work for me. So, clip-on arrow bottles. What else have I talked about? Extra cages. Oh, yeah. So... Other things that are kind of handy to have is when is just more sp- riding specific bike gear, um, particularly if you're riding in colder weather. Summertime, it's easy because you just, you know, you need a pair of socks. Actually, you don't even need socks, to be honest. Um, but uh, you need a pair of socks, a pair of bike shorts. And, um, you know, like if it's hot, I just wear a tank top with a built-in. For me, it's just a, got a built-in bra. But uh, some women would probably prefer to have a sports bra. And then um, a lightweight shirt over top. And guys, they've got lots of tri-tops or just um, tank-type shirts that you can wear. Um, That's for the heat of the summer. And, of course, your bike helmet. And I like to wear a pair of gloves. But uh, come... Uh, fall and spring when when I'm still doing first start getting out there it can be really cold uh, to to ride and so there are a lot of different specialized winter clothing or even late uh, early spring and late fall riding clothes that you can buy that uh, you might want to just check into there's liners for your helmet there's uh, little skull caps you can put on on your head underneath your helmet there's shoe covers there's uh Knee warmers and arm warmers, which some people who run may be familiar with as well. You can put them on and take them off uh, partway. They have lots of bike jackets that um, that convert from a jacket, and you can just zip off the sleeves, stick them in your back pocket, and you've now got a vest. So if the weather changes from when you leave in the morning to four hours later when it's middle of the day, you know, you'll find that... Uh, that's kind of handy. And uh, just go to any of the websites, like Segoy or any of those websites, and just check out some of the gear they've got. They've got lots of really cool stuff. So um, you can find things that just suit the weather for your particular area. And the only other thing I could think of would be maybe having a Garmin or something like that, which is really handy. Garmin's, you can use your, your uh, running Garmin, no problem. Uh, you can also buy, quite often you can buy a cadence or sp- speed sensor that you just clip onto your bike. And uh, that allows you to use your Garmin with a little bit more precision. Having the cadence is nice. Um, some Garmin's like the 310XT and the 305 and the 405, I believe, do uh, work with the cadence sensor. And some of them are very specific for running, so you'll have to see if yours works. But you'll still be able to get some data just with the GPS part of it alone, right? And uh, most of them come with heart rate monitors as well that you can get to hook it up, hook it up with your with your Garmin and get some data and plug it into Garmin Connect and you can see how far and how fast you went and how much improvement you've done. Okay, so those are just sort of, like I start with the basics of what you have to have and then some things that are nice to have and then really there's tons and tons of things that just... It gets to be uh, almost crazy with how much stuff you can get for your bike. Now, just at the end, I kind of joked around with Kevin, but I'm going to say this anyways. <laughs> Some things that you shouldn't buy for your bike. Okay, don't buy a kickstand. I know if you've if you've always if you've never been a cyclist, you may be tempted to get a kickstand for your bike, but uh, kickstands are not cool. <laughs> okay. Now, if you do tons of commuting. All right, but you know, take it off for the race. All right, 
you know, you can go out there on any kind of bike you want, but if you've got a kickstand and uh, a basket for Toto and bar end tassels, people are going to giggle at you. Um, most people don't put fenders on the road bikes, but I will defer to people that live in places like Seattle and Vancouver and do riding all winter. You probably do have those nice little clip-on fenders that you can stick on your bike for when you're doing a lot of riding. I am lucky. I live where it doesn't rain very much, so it's really a non-issue for me. But um, you, if you go to a race, you probably won't see anybody with fenders on their bikes either. All right. Uh, what else? That being said, you know what? If you are unique, you can get anything you want on your bike. So do what you like. Uh, okay, so I think that's about it. Um, I'm going to next weekend. I'll try and uh, I'll see if I can get some recording from Eric before his after his race uh, I may or may not be able to get a show up on Sunday night we'll see and um, it'll be Eric's race report otherwise I might have to wait to the week after and I think that's it I want to shout a few shout outs to a bunch of people who have now joined our um, KG tries podcast listeners group on Facebook if you just go KG tries podcast listeners group yeah I guess you'd have to search for that um, on Facebook you can join the group and I will just add you you can also click on if you go to the podcast blog you can click on the link it'll take you directly there so that's colonagirltries.blogspot.com but if you can't remember just go colonagirl.com and there are links to everything from there all right, have a great week. If you have any questions or anything you would like to hear about on the show, give me a shout. I'm always happy to uh, to talk about whatever you are interested in. And I'll talk to you next week. The sun must say.